We started last Sunday night a new series on bright spots from Psalm 18. And we covered the part of Psalms 18 where David is just, God is just coming to his side, coming in victory. And David is just, you know, he's he just excited. He's pumped about the power of God. And um, of course, we know about David. We, we've read the book. We know that he, he did stumble. He did fall. And Psalm 18, I'm going to read the title of Psalm 18 like I did last Sunday night, and it's a long one. It says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. So we know by this that David wrote this psalm or this song when he was not yet anointed king. He wrote this when Saul was trying to kill him. But this, this uh, Psalm 18 is a song. And I believe that David used this psalm as a song through his life. It was a song of praise, a song of God's bigness, a song of God's greatness. It was the battle hymn of his republic. As he went out to war, he always showed that God was with him and that God would come in might and power. David was a little bit prideful, a little bit arrogant, the first part of this chapter 18. And you're going to find in this Psalm 18, David falls, and David gets back up. And I want to share some things with you tonight that will help you understand God's will for your life. First of all, everyone in this room, if you are called of God, you submit to God, you have a calling on your life. And you need to understand that just because you fall on your face doesn't mean it's over. If you backslide, it doesn't mean it's over. God can restore your life and bring you back to the place that you need to be. No matter how hard you fall, you say, I fell hard. Did you kill anybody? Did you commit adultery with someone and then, then kill uh, her husband and then lie about it and the prophet had to come and expose you? and you lied, and you, you, you sent the husband out to be murdered. Let me tell you, friends, David waxed horribly in his sin, yet God used him and restored him. Let me, share, let me read first before I get started. I'm already starting to preach, but uh, let's, let's, let's start at verse. And before we start at verse 16, if you remember, this song is also sung in 2 Samuel chapter 22. And David is getting ready. In fact, this song is part of the last words of David. So we know that this song was sung his entire life. And this song takes in his entire life. In verse 24, David is punished for his, in old age, for counting and depending upon his armies. He counted the people, and he wasn't supposed to. In first, uh, first Kings, the first two chapters of Kings, First Kings, David dies. 
So we know that this Psalm 18 stretched from the time that he was running from Saul when God anointed him king, was to be king, and this song goes all the way to the time that David dies. So we see his whole life embedded in this Psalm 18. Now, well, here I go again. Let's read verse 16. I'm, I'm a going. I'm a going. I'm a going. Verse 16. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place and delivered me, and because he delighted in me, the Lord rewarded me according to his righteousness. According to my righteousness, see, you're seeing a little bit of pride here. According to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. David, well, I think at the time his hands were pretty clean. He has recompensed me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not wickedly departed from my God, for all his judgments were before me. I did not put away his statues. I want you to notice, I was also upright before him. I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the enemies or the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. With the merciful, with the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful, and upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. For the pure thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the forward thou wilt show thyself forward. Now you notice the scriptures we just read, David is a young man, and he's serving God. He's self-righteous, a little prideful. He says, I've kept the law, I've lived for God. But David, you know the story, he falls flat on his face. I want to use for a subject tonight, David had a turnaround. You may be seated. be seated. David had a turnaround. Now let me get back to what I was saying. The children of Israel had, of course, Moses, the prophets, and they went into the time of the judges. And the children of Israel decided that they wanted a king like the other nations. They declared that they wanted a king like the other nations. And if you remember Samuel the prophet, said he was very disturbed about it because they wanted a king. And Samuel was very aggravated, very angry about it. And God told Samuel to go anoint uh, one of the men of Jesse's house as king. And so Samuel's very disturbed. He's upset. And God says, don't be upset, Samuel. They have not rejected you. They've rejected me. And so Israel chose a king, and he was a dud. Now, God chose him, but he was a dud. His name was Saul. Saul was arrogant. I think he started out good, but he went off track. And Saul did not have the mind and the heart 
of God. And so God chose Saul to be the first king of Israel. And he was anointed the first king of Israel. But Saul was not God's pick from his heart. He chose Saul, but God chose him for a purpose to show them that they were making bad, 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 bad mistake. How many know you can beg God long enough, he'll give you what you want, and then you'll say, oh my, I didn't want that. Let me know what I'm talking about. Oh God, I gotta have it, I gotta have it, I gotta have it. Oh God, 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 please, oh, you're not treating me fair. God, do this, and then when he does it, you go, what's wrong with you, God? Why did you do that to me? And that's why Israel felt like when Saul fell. Now, David was God's pick, the shepherd boy in the house of Jesse. And David's tending the sheep. He's the sweet psalmist of Israel. I assume he played the harp, played instruments out in the sheepfold at night watching, and boy, was he a good shepherd. He said in one place when he went ready to go kill Goliath, he said, I've killed a bear, killed a lion. In fact, one lion got a hold of my lamb, and I tracked that lion down. I ripped it out of its mouth. All I got was an ear and a leg, but I got him back. I preached a sermon one time, don't let go of the leg or the ear. But anyway, but David was an incredible warrior, and he was God's pick. He was a man after God's own heart. He was called to be the king of Israel. Not only was he called to be the king of Israel, but out of David would come the son of David, Jesus Christ. From David, his throne would be everlasting to everlasting. And so God calls David. Once you notice in verse 16, 17, and 18, he sent from above, he took me and drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemies, from them that hated me, from them that were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. Now notice verse 16, it says, that he sent from above and he took me and drew, drew me out of many waters. There's only one other place in the Bible where he talks about someone being drawn out of waters. Did you know that? Only one other person where the Bible talks about being drawn out of waters. My first point tonight is simply this. God drew me out of a hostile waters. God draws us out of hostile waters. And David talks about being drawn out of many waters, hostile waters. God delivered him for a reason. Because God is going to use David to be a great deliverer and a great king for Israel. The other place it's mentioned, being drawn out of water, is Moses. Wow, Moses. Exodus 2, verse 10 says, And she, speaking of Pharaoh's daughter, called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. The king had already ruled that all Boys would be drowned through in the Nile, crocodiles, cast out to be eaten and drowned. Jochebed saw that her son was a 
beautiful child. All mothers see it that way, a pleasant child, uh, a very special child. And so she makes an ark, not the ark that Noah made, but a little ark out of bulrushes. She hid Moses and put him in a little bulrush ark and put him out in the Nile. And Pharaoh's daughter and some of the other ladies were bathing, washing in the Nile. But Moses is over in the bulrushes where the wild animals were. In fact, the ladies were in an enclosed area that was kept them separate from the crocodiles or, or beast of the river. Moses starts crying. And there's not a woman on planet Earth that doesn't respond to the cry of a baby. Right? And so Pharaoh's daughter looks and finds Moses, and she draws him out of the water. Draws him out of hostile water. It wasn't just Pharaoh's daughter that did this. It was God. God chose Moses to be drawn out of the water to be a leader to lead his people out of Egyptian bondage. God chose Moses to bring forth the law. God chose Moses for a very special job. He did the same with David. He drawed him out of many waters. And he does the same with you. When you're in hot water, he draws you out. When you're in hostile waters, he draws you out. He draws you out of the waters of devastation, the waters of disease, the water that are hostile, out of hot waters, out of water that is out to drown you and overcome you. He draws you out. Why? Because you have a purpose. You have a purpose. And David was chosen as king because he had a purpose. Amen. Let me share something with you that's very important. Romans chapter 11, verse 28 and 29 says this. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. Election. Moses was elected. David was elected. Chosen of God. And if you're a child of God, you too are chosen. And notice what it says in verse 29. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Which simply means God didn't change his mind about David when he fell. And God doesn't change his mind about you when you stumble and when you fall. Because the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God is set in your heart. A job to do. You'll never get away from that. God has said in your heart a desire to please him. You'll never get away from that. You may fall. You may backslide. But you'll never get away from that heart throb that God has called you. And you cannot be betrayed by God. He's called you. He doesn't change his mind about you. You say, but preacher, I fail. God hasn't changed his mind about you. Say, preacher, I backslid. God still hasn't changed his mind about you. He drawed you out of the waters like he did Moses. He drawed you out of the waters like he did King David. And he drawed you out of the waters of sin like he did you and I. And God hasn't changed his mind about you. Even though you fall, get up. 
Rejoice in the blessing of God. Woo! The sad thing about it is people fall and then others in the church say, well, they can't be used again. They don't know the Bible because God forgives. Though, no matter what happens, no one is put on the shelf. No one is put on the back burner. No one's put aside. You say, but they fail. Get over it. Pray to tell, get over it. And when they get over it, the calling is still there. It didn't change. Let me show you something about David. He did fall. David did fall. Moses didn't do too good himself. He killed an Egyptian, buried him in the sand. Now notice that David did fall, and we all know what he did. <laughs> Nobody gonna let that slide. Everybody knows what he did. Committed adultery of Bathsheba. He was guilty of murder. He was guilty of lying. He was guilty of disintegrating the kingdom. But God never gave up on him. And in the first part of Psalm 18, David is pretty cocky. I'm on fire for the Lord. And the Lord's on fire for me. Well, he'll come and deliver me. He's a powerful God. Woo, nothing to stop him. We'll crush our enemies. The Lord will come. But then he falls. And his tune changes. Now let me, contrary to popular belief, David did not die backslid. Contrary to popular belief, David died as a, as a successful king of Israel. The greatest king of Israel. Contrary to popular belief, David did not die backslid. David was restored completely before he died. Now, he didn't build the temple, but he bought all the material. He got everything prepared. He got it all ready, so Solomon just stepped in, that little spoiled kid, and just built the temple for the house of the Lord. It's all there. And Solomon was in his reign was total peace. Well, not for Solomon. He had too many women. He couldn't have peace at that time. <laughs> peace in the nation. But Solomon, I guarantee you, didn't have peace. <laughs> so somewhere David backslid. And we know he backslid, don't we? So where in this psalm did he backslide? Well, we know at the first part of this psalm, he was pretty sure of his God. He's pretty sure of himself. My hands are clean. My righteousness. I'm doing pretty good. But notice something changes. We know that he fell in sin. Look at verse 27. And I contend that this is about where he fell. But that will save the afflicted people, but will bring down the high looks. For that will light my candle. The Lord my God will lighten my darkness. Yeah. I think so. He said, once the Lord touches my life and once the Lord forgives me, notice in Proverbs 20, verse 7, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. When there's a dark room, a dark place, and you don't have Liberty or Empire Electric or White River, you don't have a switch, you get a candle, it's a dark room, and you light the candle. Why do you light the candle? Light for the room. 
And God says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So God lights David's fire. When I got saved, he lit my fire. Amen? In Proverbs 20, verse 27, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, and David needed to be lightened. Well, thou will light my candle, verse 28. The Lord my God will lighten my darkness. For by thee, now he's saved. By redemption, by the power of God, by thee, what did he say I'll do? I'll run to a troop. And my God, have I leaped over, by my God, have I leaped over a wall? That sounds pretty, pretty Christian to me. Pretty Holy Ghost filled to me. By thee, I'll run to a troop. By my God, I'll leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is the buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God? Save the Lord. There's no one but God. Or who is a rock? Save our God. It is God that girded me with strength. There it is. And maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places. He teaches my hands to war so that, I, so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. Thy right hand has holded me up and thy gentleness has made me great. That's salvation, church. God's gentleness. The second thing I want to point out is God delighted in me for a while. He did. And then David fell. Third point, David fell, but he turned around. God let me walk again. Verse 31 through 42, God allowed David to begin to walk again. Isn't that good? First, God drew him out of hostile waters, chose him. The gifts and calling are without repentance. Second, God delighted in me for a while. I served the Lord. I was young in the Lord, doing pretty good. Then David fell, but he turned around. And God let me walk again. God taught me how to walk again. Verse 31, who is a God save the Lord? Or who is a rock? Save God, save our God. It is God that girdles me with strength and making his, my way perfect. He making my feet like hinds feet. He setteth me upon high places. He teaches my hands to war. And he goes on and talks about how God takes care of him. And God taught him how to walk again. David went through Therapy. God's therapy. David fell. David backslid. But David was still king. And God hadn't changed his mind. Started out, David did quite well, but he fell. He had pleasure in David, but David fell. And David says, at first, he's kind of proud for my hands, my righteousness. I'm living for God. I kept my way from transgression. And we all know that that's a bunch of hooey. 
That's just some fuddy stuff. Well, bless God, I'll do this and I'll do that. Yeah, and you're going to fall. You better get your focus. Jesus will do this and Jesus will do that. And Jesus will perform this and Jesus will keep me. Because once you go to feeling too good about yourself, you're in trouble. You're fixing to feel really bad about yourself. And David fell. There's probably not a person in this room that hasn't fallen to some degree. But God hasn't given up on you. God still loves you. God still calls you. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Verse 42. Well, back up and look at um, verse 35. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. Thy right hand hath upholded me, and thy gentleness hath made me great. You know who, who, do you know who gentleness was? Gentleness has a name. Jesus. Gentleness has a name. His name is Jesus. He also has a name. The Bible says that God took pleasure in David. Why? Because David is going to produce the son of David. Isn't that good? And the son of David is Jesus. And gentleness is Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad Jesus came along? Aren't you glad Jesus come to deal with our wounds and deal with our shortcomings and deal with our sin? And he violently went to the cross and died for our sins and rose again from the grave. But that gentleness of Jesus, his gentleness has made us great. Woo! That was enlarge my steps. He taught me how to walk. That my feet did not slip, verse 36. I pursued mine enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. I have, I have wounded them that they were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet. Boy, David's getting it with it now. He's going against his enemies. Verse 39, for thou hast girded me with strength unto battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies. How's that? Grab him by the neck. He said, I've got him. I subdued him. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies, verse 40, I, that I might destroy them that hate me. This is Old Testament stuff. You do know that, don't you? They cried, but there was no one to save them. I mean, I got them down with my sword, about to rip it right through their heart. I got them down. I'm going to pound them out, destroy my enemies. And they said, oh, God, help me. And David said, not going to work. When something really bad happens to someone, they, they don't darken the church for years. Something really bad happens, and the first thing they do is, oh, God, but that's not going to save them. Only a relationship with Jesus will save them. Amen? Someone said there's no atheists in foxholes, and that's true. They all cry, oh, God. Amen? They cried, and there was none to save them, even unto the Lord, but he answered them not. They cried out to the Lord, but God didn't answer them. Then did I beat them. This is awful. 
Then I beat them small as the dust before the wind. That's brutal. I did cast them out at the dirt in the streets. You got to admit, that is really mean stuff. David said, I didn't show him any mercy. And I want you to know, as a Christian, we don't fight flesh and blood. As a Christian, we don't wrestle against flesh. As a Christian, we don't fight flesh and blood. But as a Christian, we do have a spiritual warfare. And we ought to pound fornication and adultery and drunkenness and evil thoughts and, and, and sinful things in our life. We ought to pound them and pound them and pound them into the dirt, into the dust, and throw them in the street and say, I'm done with you. Amen. Don't look at me like that. Now, come on. Come on. I'm about done. This is good stuff. Verse 43, and I, I'll probably finish this psalm tonight. Verse 43 is a picture of the son of David, Jesus Christ. Thou hast delivered me from the striving to people. Thou hast made me the head of the heathen. A people whom I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they shall obey me. The stranger shall submit themselves unto me. The stranger shall fade away and be afraid of their close places. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. There's a song in the middle of a song. How many of you used to sing that song? How many know that song? The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock. Let the, let the God of my salvation be exalted. We used to sing that all the time. It's a song in the song. And this is talking about singing to Jesus, son of David. It is God that avenged me and subdueth the people under me. He delivered me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Here's Jesus. Here's the son of David. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen. Sing praises unto thy name. Great deliverance giveth he to the, his king and showeth mercy to his anointed, to David, and to his seed forevermore. Wow. Wow. Did you know that Paul spoke of this in uh, Romans? Romans chapter, and this is why I know he's talking about Jesus, the son of David. Romans 15, 9. Romans 15, 9. You getting anything out of this tonight? Hope you are. This is good stuff. Romans 15, 9. And the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Speaking of Jesus, the son of David. As it is written, where was it written? I just read it to you, Psalms 1849. It is written, for this cause I will confess thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he said, rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord all ye Gentiles, and Lord him, all ye people. Yeah. 
Wow. In the first chapter of Hebrews, it talks about Jesus singing with his, with his people. And Jesus not being ashamed to be called his brother. That Jesus was not ashamed to, to be your brother. He sang unto the Lord among the Gentiles. He praised God. See, this is all about King David bringing the son of David into the world. But on the way, David fell. But the gifts of God, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God drawed you out of water. Drawed you out of the hostile water. God drawed you out of water. Drawed you out of the hostile water. Many waters. He drawed you out. When did he do that? When you got saved. You became one of his elect. You were chosen of God. God chose you for a purpose. To bring forth praises unto God. God chose you for a certain duty. God chose some, God chose some to preach. God chose some to teach. God chose some to sing and minister in music. God chose some to be out there uh, doing different talents for the Lord, maintenance in the house of the Lord, living for God, uh, sharing the blessings of God, edifying one another, working in the gifts of the Spirit, working in the blessings of God. God has called each and every one of you ministry of comfort, ministry of uh, exaltation, and exhorting one another. You have a calling in your life and you're not going to get out of it. You say, but I fell. I know you fell, but get up. God hasn't changed his mind about you. David, you can read about it in Psalm 51. David was pretty messed up, but when David died, he was right with God. And by the way, when David died, he was an awesome king. But he sure had a mess in between. Hello? And you're an awesome child of God. And sometimes you'll have a mess in between. Hello? God calls you, he saves you, he gives you eternal life. You're chosen, you're elect of God. God calls you into a work, a, a, a detailed position, something that God, and nothing's gonna get you out of it. You'll carry that with you for the rest of your life. You may be backslid, but you'll carry that burden in your heart for the rest of your life. You'll carry that love for God in your heart for the rest of your life. Even though you backslid, you may feel guilt and feel rejected, but I'm here to tell you, God hasn't changed his mind about you. Isn't that good? And when you get saved and born again and God chooses you and you're the elect and God called you to a certain duty and a certain thing that God wants you to do, <laughs> from the start, you're pretty proud of yourself. From the start, blessed God be God. <laughs> blessed be God. I'll never leave him. Blessed be God, I'll always serve him. I sound like David at the start of this psalm. Oh, God comes in victory. He wins my battles. And man, you're pumped and you're pumped and you're pumped and you're pumped. And the devil comes along with a needle and psh. Hello. And sometimes it's not as quiet as Sometimes it's boom, and you're scattered all over the church walls. You're in everybody's 
ear. You're in everybody's, on everybody's tongue. You've fallen. David, the drunkard sung about David's fall in the bar rooms. But God never changed his mind about David. And you'll start out a child of God, loving God. I mean, you'll have all 10 toes, born again child of God, all 10 fingers. And the Holy Ghost will be on you. You'll be sealed. You're blessed. You're, and man, you think you'll never give up on Jesus. You think, man, I'll never quit serving the Lord. And then all of a sudden, and you fall. And the devil comes around and says, well, God never used you again. That's the devil. Well, you might as well give up. You wasted your chance. You'll never be used of God. Wrong. Wrong. You'll never get away from God's calling in your life. And so David turned to the Lord again. And boy, when he turned to the Lord again, he said, whoo, I can run to a troop and jump over a wall. I've got it. But now I got it in Jesus. I don't have it in me. I've got it. It's not me doing it. Now it's the Lord doing it. Now it's the Lord God doing it. And God took pleasure in me, not because I was so hot stuff. God took pleasure in me because out of my loins is coming the son of David. Chose him. God chose David. God chose Moses. And God chose you. And you came out pretty good. God saved. Woo, man, I love the Lord. And between that and here, there's a mass. But God ain't changed his mind. The devil's tried to change your mind. But God ain't changed his mind about you. God loves you. God cares for you. The gifts and calling are without repentance. You can't get away from what God wants you to do. So you might as well go through that Psalm 51 and cry out for some forgiveness and cry out for some mercy and cry out to the Lord to forgive you restore you and give you life back and give you strength back. And then will you teach transgressors the ways of the Lord and you'll get it back. See, we think David didn't get it back as big as he had it. Oh, he got it back more. I heard people say in the Pentecostal circle, I've heard people say all my life, well, God will never use him again. Wrong. If their hearts turn to God, God will use them more than they were used in the beginning. Because now they're not so cocky about themselves. And they're a whole lot more humble. Sometimes God just has to knock the slat out from under your bed. I hate it when the slack comes out from under the bed. How I many you know what I'm talking about? I hate it. I mean, when the slack comes out from under my bed, I just want to lay there and sleep. And Judy says, get up, get up. We got to put the slack back in. I don't care. Get up. I don't care, Judy. 
I don't care. But the slats out. I don't care. Guess who wins? Judy. And I get up with boogers in my eyes, and I'm all wore out, and I'm tired. And she said, pull your end of the bed up. We got to slide that slack back in. And some people just want to. You know what? I picked the most incredible church to pastor. <laughs> but we slide. You know the thing? A lot of times something slips, you know, the slat slips, and we just want to lay there. You can't do that. You got to keep maintenance. Maintenance. And David did maintenance. And I want to say to everybody in this room, if you tripped and stumbled, don't give up. You'll come back bigger, stronger, and more powerful than ever. Well, I can never be used again. Wrong. You can be used more than ever in the future. David come back stronger than he ever was. In fact, David was kind of cocky and arrogant at the start of this psalm. Oh, he bragged on God, but he bragged on himself a lot too. And then he fell and stumbled, and then you'll find he's so humble the rest of the psalm. And sometimes the Lord just lets us slip and fall. Is God doing that? No. You're doing it, but God lets you go. Okay. Thank God. There you go. Right on your back. And the Lord says, okay. Are you ready to get up now? I don't want to get up. Are you ready to get up now? Well, nobody in the church wants me to get up. Who's asking them? We're not having a board meeting tonight. We don't care what your vote is. God votes, I love you, get up. Amen. That's one reason when people join our church, and by the way, people do join our church, but the way people join our church is they just come forward during any meeting and they announce to the rest of the congregation, we want this to be our home. We're going to channel our efforts here, our energy here, and we acknowledge that. We don't say, do I have a motion to accept this guy at the front? We don't do that. I've been in churches that do that. I've been in churches when the visitor, the person came up to join the church. <laughs> I've been visiting, and a guy come to the church, and the pastor said, do we have a motion to accept this person into the church? And it's quiet. And I'm thinking, that's cruel. Finally, someone says, I do. Do we have a second? Someone says, I do. All in favor? Amen. Well, thank God you're a part of our church now. We don't do that here. Someone comes forward and says, this is our church. This is where I want to serve the Lord. You say, well, preacher, what happens if they're, you know, they have a bad lifestyle and they're living in sin? What do you do about that? I don't do nothing in public about it. I just call them in the office and say, look. We need you to kind of work some things out. We can't really, really use you in the church until you kind of get yourself corrected with the Lord, but we love you and you're, you're welcome. That's the way to handle things. 
Amen? You know how many preachers have been destroyed by every three years they vote on their pastor? A guy's in a church for 20 years, and they have a, every, every third year they vote on their pastor. You got any idea how that pastor feels when I make a motion that he be let go? I make a motion he be let go. All in favor, go. That's not the way God works. The gifts and calling are without repentance. When it's time for me to go, the Lord will direct me in my direction. But until then, we're not changing pastors. We might change congregation, but we're not changing pastors. And come to think of it, we've changed congregations several times in the last 29 years. But I'm still here. Amen? I'll give it to Josh today if he wants it. And I'll just sit out there and go, Amen! Preach it, son. I'd let him have it. Amen? He can have it right now. He ain't ready yet. But when he's ready, I'll walk away. And I'll just sit out there with you. And I'll give him all kinds of trouble. <laughs> I love hearing him preach. Amen. I guess the bottom line tonight is this. God hasn't changed his mind about you. He still loves you. He still needs you. And you, you still need him. God had to change his mind about you. And you can be used more than ever. More than ever. For David went out as the greatest king of Israel. Even though from the start to the finish in the middle was a big mess. Don't let the mess keep you from pursuing your place with the Lord. Repent of it. Turn from it. Give your heart to Christ. Return. Don't, don't listen to the regurgitation of others. Don't listen to the nonsense that's in your mind. Know that God is wonderfully ambitious and eager to forgive you. That's the God we serve. Amen? Stand with me. Well, there was only two sermons for hot spots or bright spots from Psalm 18. We'll be in something else next Sunday night. Charlie, it's been a good psalm, isn't it? It's awesome. And um, to, I think Wednesday night we may conclude the series on what happens when you die. So we'll be getting into fresh territory. Uh, Josh will be taking over. No, I'm kidding. I'd love for him to. He always tells me, not yet, not yet, Dad. Not yet, Dad. 
He's going to pull around until I'm 105 before he decides to do anything. I'll be smelling more like Ben Gay every day by the time he, time he gets around. Amen? I'll be getting up doing this, trying to get my knee to move. God hasn't given up on you. God loves you. And he will never, ever turn you away when you come to him. It's time to start fresh again. It's time to start new. It's time to say, I got it. God ain't changed his mind about me. We're going to have an invitation. Go ahead, Josh.